0: Hello and welcome to the CFL Podcast Season 2, Episode 9. Today we're talking conspiracies against CrossFit in lawsuits. Okay, so as some of you guys may know, uh, on December 5th, CrossFit officially released, and I'm reading the headline here, Major Victory for CrossFit. Judge orders terminating in massive monetary sanctions against the N-S-C-A. So, that was from CrossFit.com. On December 4th, and again, I'm reading here from the website. On December 4th, 2019, Judge Janice L. Samarito ordered terminating sanctions against the National Strength and Conditioning Association in the case of CrossFit, Inc. versus N-S-C-A. With this ruling, the court ordered the N-S-C-A to pay CrossFit, Inc. $3.9 million as a sanction and then terminated the case in CrossFit's favor. The court also awarded numerous issue sanctions that concluded the NSCA's excuse me the NSCA's corrupt practices harmed CrossFit while benefiting themselves in military U.S. and international communities. So, what does that mean and how did uh, CrossFit start to or why CrossFit decided to sue the NSCA? Uh, I'm going to break that down for you here. So, and then we'll come back to this article. But uh, So a little history on this so you guys know why CrossFit originally decided to sue them. Uh, it, it brings us all the way back to 2009 at a CHAMP conference, which the CHAMP uh, stands for Consortium for Health and Military Performance. Essentially, it's when the military kind of gets together with a lot of the top physiologists and uh, people in the human science and says, how could we make our troops perform better? Um, how can we make them healthier? How can we get them fitter? So during that conference, um, CrossFit would later find out that Dr. William Kramer was one of the guys who's also uh, one of the head publishers, editor-in-chief of everything the National Strength and Conditioning Association publishes. Um, he's kind of the, uh, he's the top dog. The paper's passed by him, ultimately, and he approves them as scientific studies. So him and a couple of other people were at this CHAMP conference in 2009, and they were talking about CrossFit. Um, They weren't talking very highly of CrossFit. CrossFit has later on attained slides from kind of a presentation um, and I think a few transcripts of what was said, but essentially they were talking about CrossFit unfavorably. So you go to 2011, so now we're fast forward from that CHAMP conference of 2009, now we're here in 2011, uh, there was a, a thing called the CHAMP paper that circulated the Pentagon. And the CHAMP paper essentially said CrossFit was, um, although it showed benefit in the program, it showed benefit... Uh, to people's you know physical state, it came at a higher risk to injury. So that paper originally circulated within the Pentagon, um, essentially blocking CrossFit from ever obtaining any military contracts uh, for its programming and for its methodology. So they got way ahead of the curve, and in 2009, were already starting to um, kind of waver the public's trust in the CrossFit methodology, uh, if you will. So that was in 2009. That was in 2011 when that champ paper circulated. In 2013, and this is where the uh, lawsuit comes into play, so that's just a little history on kind of um, where everything originated from uh, because later on, that's important, because later on that champ paper um, is cited uh, in preceding articles that come out later, later on in the timeline. So in 2013 a uh at the time working for ohio state university a paper was published ahead of print meaning that the paper was released out for like peer review but it wasn't officially published uh in any in any official capacity so during that time crossfit got a hold of that paper and um it was written by a uh Dr. William Deaver. So Dr. William Deaver works for Ohio State University. He's a professor there, and he has a a PhD candidate underneath him named Mike Smith. So Mike Smith and um, Dr. Deaver get together, and they essentially do a study on CrossFit. They did it at CrossFit 641. I think it was here. Yeah, 641, Um, where they uh, ran a 10-week study you know, a 10-week blind study, as they called it, for the CrossFit program to test its uh, uh, efficacy. And in that paper, although they said that CrossFit did have uh, benefits, that there were benefits for the exercise program and that it was a good exercise program, they denoted that it had a higher uh, risk to injury rate than normal, you know, any other fitness program. So just your Globo Gym going to 24-Hour Fitness or just anything to your pickup game of uh, basketball at your local court. So this this paper said, hey, CrossFit works, but you're probably going to get hurt doing it. So once CrossFit got a hold of that paper, CrossFit Inc. Did, they looked at it, and they started to realize that there's a lot of problems with the paper. Um, they essentially showed no proof of their claims for the higher risk to injury rate. They said that there is uh, a 16% um, risk to injury rate, and they had 11 people that dropped from the program. But when CrossFit looked into that more, there is nothing that actually proved that the injury rate was higher. In fact, they didn't even know the names of these uh, people that they uh, uh, say had dropped out, and they didn't even cite the injuries, the reason why. They just said, oh, it was probably due to uh, overuse injuries. Um, so essentially, looks a little suspicious. They just kind of threw that in there without talking about the injuries, the type of injuries, how it occurred, anything like this. So CrossFit then... Contacts uh, Dr. Deaver, or no, first contacted the um, NSCA because they were the people that released this as the publisher ahead of print. And they essentially never, never wrote back. So the NSCA never put anything back. They just, ignored CrossFit. Uh, Then CrossFit reached out to Dr. William Kramer. Now remember, he was the uh, guy that he was also an author on that CHAMP paper. He was there during that CHAMP conference. He's editor-in-chief of the um, Journal of Uh, Strength and Conditioning Research, which is the official scientific journal that the National Strength and Conditioning uses for its publications. Um, He also works at Ohio State University as a professor of human sciences, and he's editor-in-chief there as as well, as far as those uh, those papers that are published underneath uh, him, as well as Dr. Deaver um, in this study that he's writing now. So, uh CrossFit reaches out to Dr. William Kramer and says, hey, the DeVore paper here is showing a higher risk to injury rate. There seems to be some problems uh, with it. Can we go over what's going on? He basically says it's been peer reviewed. It's being published by the school. Um, it's, it also chide, uh, cited the CHAMP paper we're good. He just kind of blows them off saying, no, they, they did their stuff. There's no misconduct here. We're good. So after CrossFit had done that, that was it. Communications essentially, um, were done from that. So then CrossFit threatened a, uh, lawsuit against, um, against, uh, the NSCA and everything else as it came, as they started to publish. So let me bring it up here. So then, um, That was in 2013. So remember that because that was good in 2013. um, That was when the publisher had a print came out. And that was when CrossFit originally contacted them. So you figure you fast forward then now to um, 2014. And the uh, paper actually becomes published by Ohio State University. So even though CrossFit did its due diligence to say, hey, look, there's a problem with your paper. You need to go over. You need to retract this, uh, this paper so it doesn't publish officially. Um, they did nothing. Absolutely nothing about it. And in fact, they published it. So if you ask yourself, why would they do that? Why would, why would uh, Ohio State University, why would these editor-in-chiefs, why would the National Strength and Conditioning Association um, want to fabricate a higher risk to injury rate for CrossFit? Now, uh, put on your tinfoil hats here, people, as we go a little further down the rabbit hole on this one, um, but it does get a little it does get a little strange. During 2010, so let's go back now, uh, if you remember the Champ paper that originally came out during 2010, during that time th- period, a couple other things were happening. The National Strength and Conditioning increased its lobbying budget by 350%, so they started throwing a lot more dollars at uh, lobbying and rubbing elbows with the government. So why did you do that? Well, if you also look at that 2010 time period, CrossFit had just reached its 1,000th affiliate. It was starting the climb of its hockey stick growth, which you would see over the next two years. And during the time the brand was emerging and first coming into uh, public eye, um, National Strength and Conditioning Association and this Dr. Kramer clearly got together and saw the threat it had to the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Now, these people uh, that work for the National Strength strength and um, Conditioning Association Uh, are the ones that are responsible for certifying and training um, the personal trainers that you would see at like 24 Hour Fitness, Fitness 19, uh, anything outside of a CrossFit gym, really. These guys are the um, leading scientific authority in it, and they are the leading uh, training certification until they started to see the growth of CrossFit. So... What did they do about it and why did they do it? Well, first, the lobbying budget is they tried to go around state by state and get them to um, sign up a, a bill in a place that essentially would say if you're doing any sort of physical training, you have to be certified by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Meaning, if I were to get my L1 and I want to open up my CrossFit gym, even though my training methodology and everything else in education should in be with CrossFit, they're saying, "Yeah, you could do all that, but" You still have to take our course, which essentially is helping a government hand in keeping their business alive. If CrossFit is the threatening course, the threatening methodology, and the uh, threatening leader in strength and conditioning, well, slowly the National Strength and Conditioning Association will start to lose market share. Nobody's going to go to their courses because your stuff don't work. And they have essentially gotten it wrong since 1987 anyways. So... Taking all that into consideration, and I know a lot of you guys know what's the biggest objection to CrossFit. Oh, I'm going to get hurt. Oh, I'm going to get hurt. Oh, CrossFit, doesn't that hurt people? So during that time when that paper was released, uh, uh, published out of print, the DeVore paper coming from Ohio State University, between 2013 when it was published out of print to 2015, there was something like 31 scientific, and I'm using air quotations around me here, scientific papers written citing both the DeVore paper and the Champ paper. So now everybody's coming around and saying, aha, see, we thought CrossFit was dangerous with its high-repetition, high-intensity exercise, and now we have the scientific data to prove it. Look at these papers that were written back in 2010 and in 2013. Um, So since then... That's when, since those papers were written, that was what essentially started the public's distrust in CrossFit's program. They thought that it had a higher risk to injury than other training programs, which is effectively what the National Strength and Conditioning Association wanted. They wanted a distrust in the brand because if you have distrust in, in you think that you're going to be hurt by using a certain exercise program, that is absolutely devastating to that program. Once you start to lose trust with your clientele and people think you're going to hurt them, you're gonna be uh, out of business shortly. Out of that, after that, so okay, let's kind of bullet point everything because I know there was a lot there. 2009, champ conference happens. 2010, champ paper was written, as effectively being passed through the Pentagon to block CrossFit's chance at any military contracts. 2013, Dr. Duver. Hold on, I gotta make sure my dates are right here. 2013 it was right Ohio State University Dr. Dever, and then PhD candidate Michael Smith published what will become known as the DeVore paper ahead of print during 2013 CrossFit gets a hold of this paper contacts them asking them to retract the paper due to the misconduct of uh, quote-unquote scientific evidence and the fact that they can't prove their claims William Kramer overseeing editor-in-chief at the time says no we're good 2014, that paper gets published. By 2015, the public is already had a strong distrust in the CrossFit brand, thinking that it is going to uh, hurt them while doing it. Also, I would like to note a little caveat that the CrossFit 614, where the study was actually conducted, the owner of that um, study was absolutely outraged at the fact that they put that they had actually had no injuries from any of the people. And in fact, the owner of that CrossFit gym also opened a lawsuit against Dr. DeVore and then PhD candidate Mike Smith. So these guys were being sued by the affiliate owner and they were being sued by CrossFit themselves. Um, then CrossFit goes after Nas- National Strength and Conditioning Association because after all that was brought up, they still officially published the article. And who is overseeing all of the stuff? Well, our friend, Dr. William Kramer here. So, and I found this interesting as well. If you look up in his bio, oh, by the way, all these articles, I know if you're watching this on YouTube, I've mostly been looking at my screen here to get the reference material, right? So but all these articles and everything that I'm talking about here will be linked below in the descriptions. Um, They'll also be linked below in the show notes for if you're listening to this on iTunes. So I encourage you guys to go check all of this out yourself because I'm trying to kind of bullet point through it and uh and keep it keep it somewhat entertaining but go read it for yourself Anyways, a little caveat about Dr. Kramer. I'm reading his, uh, This is from Ohio State University, the webpage itself here. This is his biography. Dr. Kramer, and I quote, Dr. Kramer took his current position at the Ohio State University in 2014. So even though all that stuff was coming out um, against him, the Ohio State University um, never actually punished him for anything. He was never p- p- penalized for it. Either was uh, um, Dr. DeVore, or Mike Smith, which he's now actually Dr. Smith. But uh, who knows? This might end up resulting in a, in a revotion of his PhD. Who knows how it'll end up turning out. Okay, during um, his career, he managed and directed a diverse and incredible range of research portfolios. Sorry, I'm quoting again from the Ohio State University Dr. DeVore uh, biography. A range of portfolios over the past 30 years in diverse um research institutes, including Pennsylvania State University and the University of Connecticut. His prior research as an officer in the U.S. Army gave him insights into the challenges of the military service and the need for training and recovery methods to cope with stress. Okay, out of quotations, this is me talking now. Check that out. Rather interesting, right? So why was he at the Champ conference in the first place? Well, he used to be an officer in the U.S. Army. Okay, interesting. So now he's at the CHAM conference. He sees the efficacy of CrossFit's program. He sees how valuable it is not only for physical well-being, but also for those of you guys that do CrossFit in the gym, the mental well-being to cope with stress, right? Um, as well as like stress, they're talking about stress on the body and the thing, but also stress in your mind as well. It works for all that. And he eventually, uh, he saw what was happening with CrossFit. He saw the massive growth, not only in the U S but in the international market as well. He saw how valuable it could be to the military. And in 2009, he went ahead and blocked that. He saw what was happening. He was there at the champ conference. He was one of the co-authors of the champ paper. He's editor in chief of the journal of... Um, strength and Conditioning Research. He's editor-in-chief head in chief of, uh, editor in chief of the National Strength and Conditioning Association, and he's overseeing the Department of the Human Sciences at Ohio State University. The gig is up, the noose is out, they finally found him. So that's it, Dr. Kramer, you are done. Done. Okay, so what happened? Um, This was all back in 2014 when the paper was done. The lawsuit started. Okay, so I'm back here at the CrossFit.com article, and um, I'm reading here, this is, and I quote, For the last five years, the National Strength and Conditioning has engaged in nothing short of a marathon of malfeasance. So I had to look that up because I never heard that word before. But essentially, it's they're not doing their uh, job under common law to make sure that everything that they're putting in their paper is true. That is their obligation as a the National Strength and Conditioning Association. They are obligated by common law to make sure that everything that comes out in their paper is the truth. So a uh, quote back here, nothing short of a marathon of malfeasance. A consistent and intentional and malicious pattern of discovery abuse is designed to cover up the National Strength and Conditioning's wrongdoing, and to prohibit CrossFit in the court from learning the truth about the National Strength and Conditioning's fraud, the National Strength and Conditioning's abuse in efforts to conceal its abuse are among the worst of any published case in modern history and include systemic perjury, evidence destruction, and evidence concealment. End quote. So that was, uh, that's pretty much the nail in the coffin there. It's it's basically saying that it's blatantly obvious that Everything the NSCA did was to purposely boost their brand. They're lobbying in the government. They're trying to get it to be illegal to not use them. At the same time, they're throwing out paper after paper of just made-up bullshit uh, to try to make you distrust CrossFit, to try to say that the program hurts uh, people and, um, and, and isn't going to be good versus the risk-worth-reward type of thing. And this just essentially killed them. And the reason why is that the $4 million that they're going to essentially obtain from this is just going to be from the court hearing, like legal fees and everything else over the last five years. So the court hasn't even determined the amount that still needs to be awarded to CrossFit for the, the fact that um, how many affiliates didn't open up? How many level one? How many people did not take the level one uh, due to the fact that this information that the NSCA was putting out? When people in government um, are looking to make policies, they look for the leader in that industry that's uh, that's been around for the longest amount of time to say, "Hey, well, what do you guys think we should do? You guys have been doing it. You're the experts. You tell us and help us make the policies uh, to make everything safer and to make it better for the public." So the NSCA essentially, I I view this as a complete collapse of them. I think over the next 18, 24, 36 months, you are going to see them just completely fold. With this $4 million, not to the fact that there's going to be another huge bill coming down the pipe um, for all the, like I said, all the affiliates that did not open, all the people that would... I mean, how do you even put that into context, especially since this is from 2014, so the last five years' worth of that? Um, Not to mention... All the people that didn't go into a CrossFit gym that could have been extremely beneficial to their health, right? It could have been extremely beneficial. Like, how many people's quality of life is worse? Because the NSCA blocked them from going to a gym because of the distrust they were putting out. So once this huge bill comes down the pipe, I don't see like monetarily how they're going to survive as a business. I don't. I, I doubt the NSCA uh, has a ton of capital on hand um, to not only pay this bill of the four million dollars for legal fees, but then whatever the ridiculous bill that's going to come down the pipe later on. I imagine it would be uh, equal to at least, if not two to three times more. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of pulling that out of the air here, but. It's like, if that's going to be $4 million, even if the other thing was another $3 million or $2 million, that's a $6 million penalty that they have to pay up. Um, I'm just, I don't think the NSCA has that on hand. I don't think there's enough funding. Uh, Also, to a little caveat about Ohio State University. They came under hot water in 2014. Uh, The article, which I'll link below here, um, also highlights that... uh, this was in this article was written in two thousand March of two thousand and seventeen. So this article was written um, only about two years ago. But it says last week the New York Times published an article describing the charges of scientific misconduct and Friday against Ohio State University cancer research doctor Carlo Crochet. The article notes that despite scientific evidence against him, the university has never penalized him. So. Dr. DeVore actually resigned after he had to officially retract, and then they started getting sued. Of course, the school had them all resigned. But William Kramer is still chilling, and um, he hasn't been penalized for this. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with him now that this lawsuit just officially took uh, effect. And again, this just happened on December 4th of 2019. So I hope that lends some more insight for you guys on to... Uh, why CrossFit sued the National Strength and Conditioning Association. Um, hopefully that timeline worked out for you guys, bringing you from 2009 to 2014 when the lawsuit originally took place and then bringing you up to date with the 2019 um, victory for CrossFit. Uh, so hopefully that wasn't too confusing. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I'll have all the information ca- uh, down below. So you guys could check all of that out yourself, kind of read through some of these articles and dive a little bit deeper if you would like to. Um, thanks for listening. And if you guys have any questions about this or any other, uh, subject about kind of the battles that CrossFit is in and why they're doing what they're doing, uh, let me know and we'll cover those as well. All right, guys, as always, thank you for your listening and thank you for your time. Have a great day.